This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello, and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I'm super excited to chat with Angie Sparts. She's an intuitive transformation coach, speaker, and the founder of Phoenix Rising, where she combines her knowledge, experience, and success in both energy work and business to help driven, high-performing women who have it all, but don't feel like they do. She helps them to shed the layers of shoulds and shame to unleash the full power of their authentic selves and love their selves. Girl, this is the path I've been on, so <laughs> like, I'm super excited about this conversation. Angie holds certifications in Tiny Habits Coaching, Emotion Code, which I just re- recently learned about, and I'd love to talk more about that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Intuitive <laughs> Gifts. Entourage, Reiki 2, Yoga 200, RYT, as well as being a summa cum laude graduate with a degree in accounting and over 16 years of experience in big four public accounting and corporate accounting. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> but um, yay, smart girls. Love it. <laughs> Angie is the mom of three active boys, loves being in nature, and is mildly obsessed with true crime and cults. Loves all things personal development related. You'll soon recognize her quick smile, infectious enthusiasm, and occasional laughing snort. I already got one today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm super excited to chat with you. And it it is really compelling how much you and I have in common. Um, I was at PwC at the beginning of my law career. See, I was technically big five because I was at Arthur Anderson, but I put big four because I'm like, a lot of people don't know. Well, right. Like I'm, I'm apparently you're in my age bracket because (laughs) I took a job with, with Anderson just before Enron and then Uh, Enron happened. I was like, yeah, I'm not going into accounting. Thanks for playing by Yeah, we're probably the same age then because I was there when Enron went down. And I actually, my cube was right outside of the managing partner's office. So my coworkers were always like, who just went in there? What discussions are they having? Oh, the drama of of working in a big environment like that. With a bunch of type A overachievers. Of course, everyone wants to know what's going on. Right. I was totally trying to fit myself into that box because, you know, like growing up in the 90s, you have an expectation of going to college and doing well in college and then going and getting a job and living the American dream. I knew it really wasn't the right fit for me. But if you ever met my mother, you'd understand that I didn't have a lot of options. I was doing what was expected. Yeah. (laughs) So when did you start to realize that you had more of a gift than mainstream accounting was allowing you to utilize? Well, man, all the way back in high school, 
I actually was debating between going into a healing field. At the time, it was more nutrition because that's what I knew and that was the outlet for it. Um, I was debating between that and business. And mm -hmm. I really chose business out of fear because anytime I sat down and thought about, well, what would that look like if I was going into nutrition or working with people, thinking of being one on one and not having the answers someone might need, not knowing what to do, terrified me. Fascinating. And, right? Especially since that's what I do now. <laughs> but also, um, there wasn't this like clearly laid out path where you do this and you do this and you do this and you just get a job that looks like this. And I was stuck in this place of just tell me what to do and I will knock it out of the park, which is why my resume looks the way it does. It was that classic people pleaser mode that in order to feel safe and feel like maybe I'll be seen, maybe I'll get attention, I'm going to be the best. And then maybe you'll like me. And yeah. I knew I could be the best in accounting, quote unquote, the best, like I could make <laughs> it, which I did. I mean, I got the coveted job. I was working with people who were power players in the field, um, had really high end clients. But it was so I could feel that it was out of alignment. I mean, I had days where I would almost cry when the alarm clock would go off and yeah. know that I had to go in. And even rewind a little in college, I almost changed my major in college to psychology, another helping field. Um, and again, it was fear that stopped me. Two things, I was afraid the same thing, like, well, what would that really look like? And also because I had been out of alignment for so long, I was exhausted. Yeah. I was in burnout. And I knew that if I was gonna go into psychology, it would be two to four more years of school. And I knew at that point in time, I didn't have the energy to do that. So I stepped out. I was like, nope, I'm on a path. I made a decision. I'm going to stay on that path. So that's what got me in accounting. And that's how long ago I felt the urge of something within to do something different. That's really powerful to have that recognition that early. And I am so excited that even when you were in high school, you had the draw to be a healer. Because when I was in high school and seeing the shit that I started to see, like, I don't, you may have, I can't remember how many, where I've told this story, but I saw myself sitting in a cathedral in France when I was 16. And like, I was all caught up in like the whole teenage angst. Who am I? Like, what do, what do I do? That to see myself outside of my body freaked me out. <laughs> I wasn't like <laughs> even it compelled a moment to explore that. I was like, oh God, I'm really fucked up. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm super excited that you like had the awareness when you were that young. Yeah. I mean, I would say I had an awareness, but I wasn't, it wasn't fully conscious, if that makes sense. Totally. Because there was this, pulled to do something, but there was so much other, the practical, I need to do what's practical. So stuck in that mode. Yeah. So do you see that pull between like true alignment and practicality show up in your kids? Uh, yeah. My kids are 
all three of them so energetically open and gifted. One of my kids from a very young age has seen spirits. Like one day he was like, mom, do you see that? And do you see that? And I was like, no, I don't. But what do you see? You know, and he was totally seeing spirit orbs. He has, he, he gets messages for people and doesn't fully know that he does. Um, yeah. I had a, I have a wolf um, spirit animal in my spiritual support team. And he used to love monkeys. And all of a sudden one day he's like, I don't like monkeys anymore. I really like wolves and I don't know why. And it was like a week or two later, I had a Reiki session where the practitioner was like, there is a wolf surrounding you that like wants you to name it. It's here for the long haul. He just <sighs> showed up and I was like, my son sensed that. He just didn't That's know it. Yeah. And I had another son, uh, one of my other sons told me at one point that he, he's like, oh, I've been to Canada, which side note, like in this life, he has not been to Canada. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he gave me all these details about things that he saw. And then he said, oh, I've been to Hawaii too. I was at the base of a mountain. But when I looked down, I was like, these aren't my legs. So <gasps> I still don't so know. <laughs> I know. I was like, you're either having remote viewing or past life. Bleachers, yeah. Or, yeah, or even visions of a different timeline, who knows? Um, and my other son is also incredibly energetically open. The first time I had him, quote unquote, play with energy, like close his eyes, breathe, and bring his hands together, his hands were like as wide as his hips. And he went, Oh my gosh. And I said, What? And he goes, I just, that was like in the comics when it, like, <laughs> you know, but they're all. Also, they've had those moments and they've pulled back and they're very like, uh, does this make sense? And, you know, working through it and more um, looking into sci the science of it and does it make sense? And they have some pressure from ex some extended family that's really, really conservative and yeah. and doesn't support it. So yeah, they're working through it. And I'm trying to just give them space to let them have their story. And it's a gift that they chose you as their mother in this incarnation to support that development. Because both of my kids are, are open, but one is far more open than the other. The other one, the one who's not is in college. <laughs> and he'll call me and he'll be like, Mom, you gave me that weird shit that I know what time it is. My body wakes me up before my alarm goes off. Like, like, I didn't exactly give that to you, but you're welcome anyway. Yes. That's exactly. You don't need an alarm. That's amazing. And then my other kid, we have the most compelling conversations. And I can't remember what he said to me yesterday, but I was like, I want to record this and play it on my podcast. But being a 17-year-old boy, being on a podcast is a really vulnerable step into visibility. So yes. he's not quite ready yet to be yes. on the podcast. But yes. at some point, I think he'll show up. Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to dive into emotion code a little bit because okay. that's something that's really new to me. And I think it's fascinating, especially how quickly things shift around it and like I said, yeah. it's very new to me. So can you give us an overview of what it is? Absolutely. Um, at a really high level, it's 
a way to tap into what emotions well emotion code in its pure form is just emotions i use that technique and expand it so then i'll tap into energy of limiting beliefs or trauma energy or other things to imbalance chakras stuff like that but at a really high level it's um, a technique to be able to determine what emotions you have trapped that are causing imbalances in your life. And because mm. they'll first cause an imbalance in your energetic field. And then if we don't pick up on the subtleties of the energetic field imbalance, you know, it'll show up in our thoughts, then in our emotions, and then in our physical body. So by the time it shows up physically, it's been there for a while. That's fascinating to me. So like, does it show up in ways like disease, clearly, or like discomfort or issues? But what about like injuries? Oh, 100%. Because what happens is, that I'll tell my clients and people that I'm just talking to, no, the injury is real, legit. You hurt yourself. But you were set up to injure because your body was out of balance. Mm. And the an easy way for people to understand is like, say your right hip is tight, you're going to walk differently, you might start limping because that right side is tight. And then you're, you know, that creates an imbalance, then all of a sudden your left side might hurt. It's that same thing energetically, like if we're out of balance, energetically, because we have this trapped energy that's at a different vibration than the rest of our energetic field. Um, it's going to throw us out of balance and we're going to do, be doing compensating activities oh. that can then trigger an injury. So mm. I actually had one client who had injured their back um, in a sporting event and it was a real injury. It happened. They knew the point in time that it happened, but they had been in constant pain for 12 to 13 years because of it and oh. had gone to doctors um, gotten the cortisone shots, done PT, nothing worked. And we did two sessions and uncovered a whole bunch of stuff from childhood and stuff that was ancestral. And a year later, I talked to them and said, by the way, how's your back doing? Like, I haven't heard from you. And they said, oh, I haven't had one day of pain all year. Awesome. Yeah. So it's going to be super powerful. That's interesting to me that even the ancestral stuff shows up. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of deep ancestral healing. <clears throat> I bought the farm that has been in my family. My kids will be the sixth generation on this farm. That's and amazing. I'm actually here right now. So yeah. like, who knows who will flow yeah, through. Who else is with you? <laughs> <laughs> but I was here one day with my one son. And when we were leaving... I stepped off the porch, level grass. It's not like I stepped into something rickety and sprained my ankle. Like so severely, he had to carry me to the truck. Oh, wow. Thank goodness it was that kid because the other kid would have just drugged me by my good leg to the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> So I feel like there is some connection ancestrally with that particular injury. So yeah. I'll have to book a session with you and we'll yeah. dive into that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and I tend to, it's interesting because what I find is all of us, 
practitioners who use similar tools, it's still, we bring our own energy and our yeah. own, what I believe are soul contracts. And so we tend to attract people that align with that. And I tend to attract a lot of people who do have ancestral stuff to release more. I mean, every now and then past life things will come up, but a lot of my clients, it's ancestral stuff. But I know I had a big contract to do that for my own family. I've done some deep dives on ancestral work. Awesome. So, yeah. 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 It's been incredibly powerful. I, I, the first round of ancestral work, I actually was going to someone who has shamanic training mm-hmm. and she had said, you'll notice this is going to affect the whole family, totally. even if they're not aware of it. And it's been amazing to see the shift that has happened. I mean, just like my mom used to say, yeah, I know there's things that could be different, but I mean, I'm in my late sixties. Like what? Like I figured out something that worked. And all of a sudden she was like, I'd like to work with you or do you have tools? And like, she's, she started seeking and just noticing how her relationship, not only with myself and my siblings, but with her siblings is shifting the relationship between my mom and dad, like improve it. You know, they have, have always had a good relationship, but just watching it shift and watching them understand each other even more has been awesome. That's super fascinating. Um, my, my mom is, I'm sure that there's something beneath the layers that nobody knows about that has caused her to be completely shut off emotionally. She's asked me twice in my whole life about like the energy or spirits around us. Like I've been talking to dead people since I was a little girl and she would always call it that talking to dead people shit. Like I'm 45 and she still calls it that talking to dead people shit. So, (laughs) So like that would be, and I know everybody's experience is different, but knowing that that's possible to shift the energy for those around you that you love is really a great motivator. Cause I find that some people until they get to that rock bottom point, aren't quite as willing to make shifts for themselves because of all that, you know, bullshit social programming about being selfish and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All the shoulds and shame. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. 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 Because exactly what you said, because that would be selfish. And that's what I, (laughs) sorry. Can you tell that I've had to do a lot of work on that belief? (laughs) In fact, I've told people kind of tongue in cheek, but also I do believe it. If you really want to know what your deepest fears and limiting beliefs are, just hang out with someone who's toxic. I'm not promoting that. I feel like my psych professor in college, I took abnormal psych and he was like, I don't recommend you ever choose to be around someone with a personality disorder. But I mean, if you really want to seek them out, here's how you would find them. (laughs) And then like, told us how to, but um, what I found is they can just like, bloodhounds sniff out your biggest fears and that's what they'll use against you so Mm. there was one person particular in my life that if i set a boundary what i would hear is you're selfish you're greedy you don't love your children and basically that those three things over and over again and i was like hmm that's interesting (laughs) 
Fascinating. So for me, all I have to do, do is go to a family event because <laughs> my family, like I, I took AP psych my senior year yeah. in high school and halfway through the first semester, I came home. I'm like, mom, I can't go to this class anymore. And she said, why? I was like, because it's like a freaking study on my family. Like <laughs> <clears throat> literally every new chapter was a different family member. Yeah. <laughs> She made me go back. Yes. <laughs> okay, but you're opening a Pandora's box. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Um, so some of the other things that you use in your work, we'll mm-hmm. say, because it I feel like it's so much more than just coaching. Like there's it, it's just like a whole body of energy and process and and mentoring but some of the other modalities that you use are I don't think they're all that I shouldn't say that they aren't I'm not as familiar with them like what's tiny habits um tiny habits is actually um there's a book it's written by BJ Fogg he's a behavior scientist at Stanford and so he has researched the science side. He it's I love, love the combination. I understand why I was drawn to it because he's on a mission to help people know how powerful they are and love their life. But he's approaching it from more of the science side, the 3D side. Um, so he's researched what are the components of behavior and what can you do to shift behavior to take the shame out of it so that people can step back and say, if I'm not doing something that I say I want to do, it's not about me. It's about the equation, play with the equation and it'll, um, it'll help shift the behavior or the habit. So I like to use that. I, as a tool, because I do attract a lot of concrete sequential thinkers, a lot of people from corporate who are more in that world, and then it can become a bridge to the two, because it's really the same goal. It's just speaking a slightly different language. Oh, that's really cool. And you're right that those type A linear corporate people um, do often need a bridge to uh, the more amorphous, spiritual, yeah. less tangential thinking. Yeah. Um, but I I love that. That's really cool. And it's a cool awareness. I'll definitely go read the book. Yeah. A, I, I love to I love books. And yeah. I do actually read them. I don't just collect yeah. them. So <laughs> I do both. I read them and I have a stack <laughs> that reminds me I haven't read enough. No, I'm just kidding. There are no expectations. You yes. need what serves you. <laughs> exactly. I know. Well, and I actually have taken on the attitude. If I'm drawn to something, I'm going to trust the intuition. It took me a long time to tap back into that in the healing process, which side note was funny because my dad told me at one point, you've always been an amazing read on people. I don't know why you don't trust it. And <laughs> this was years ago at the beginning of my healing process. And part of me wanted to be like, you really don't know why I tr- don't trust it. Like, because every time I would say, I can just tell that so-and-so like these, this is why they're doing that. I would get the, well, what evidence do you have? You know, don't assume things. <laughs> yeah. But I have learned when I get an intuitive hit to just trust it 
And even if I don't feel drawn to read the book right away, like every single time, the time will come when I'm like, yes. oh, that's why. That's why I was supposed to get that book. Well, I love that your dad shared that with you. Because that's not always something that we have the opportunity to hear from our parents. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yes. Maybe your dad's more intuitive than he lets oh, on. Oh, my dad is highly intuitive. Also, I can I had even mentioned this to him and he was like, oh, yeah, I see that. I said, I really, to the core of my being, just intuitively believe he chose to be the pattern breaker for his generation. And that it was then like he took it so far, you know, and then the baton gets passed. Yeah. And but it's very apparent. Like I said, I mean, he was the only one of the five siblings to move out of the small town. This was from a conversation before we started <laughs> recording. But my dad was from a really small town and he's the only one who left the small town, the only one who went to college and started on a different trajectory. But even for his generation, he has always been so interested in personal development and seeing the big picture and really trained us to try to develop yourself as a whole person not just a set of skills for a job what a gift yeah 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 and very much so I think it's kind of cool to be like the mom sandwiched between an intuitive dad and an intuitive sons like yeah. that's my path too and I love it so often people say, oh, is your mom intuitive? Or, you know, like, do you get this from your mom? I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's interesting. I'm like, oh, it's been as an adult, having an adult relationship with my mom now, I'm like, oh, my mom is actually highly intuitive too. Super I just cool. So you her as, you know, I saw her as mom and also just her own wounding and trauma. Did she sure. trust it? You know, that type of thing. So you, you were going to be intuitive no matter what. You couldn't deny it. No matter how many accounting <laughs> courses you took, it was happening. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it chose you, Angie. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so I want to ask about entourage, too, before mm -hmm. we wrap up. Tell us yeah. what that is. So that was a training in helping people understand, knowing how to come alongside someone who wants to know who's in their spiritual support team, but is at the beginning of their journey, so doesn't quite know how to tap into that. Although I have worked with some people who are farther along in their journey. So it's work where I can use muscle testing or intuition to channel and open up and tap into who's showing up for them and then basically do the introductions so that oh, they wow. can then start <laughs> building their own connection. So yeah, so I'll let them know the the energies, the spiritual support that I feel around them. And sometimes we get messages and then also just knowing um, where they're showing up in terms of if they're, if I'm seeing them up above or at the ground level or behind them or to the side of them, what that can mean, and then helping them understand how they can connect with them and deepen their relationship with them. That's really awesome because, I mean, in sessions with clients, I do get messages from some of their spirit guides, but 
<clears throat> I often get the message that it's not my information to share. So I love that you have a process to help them, uh, help the person yeah. to connect with their guides and build that relationship. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole point of it is they come with the intention that that's what they want. So then the messages that come through are meant for them. It's a awesome. channel for them. And so, like I said, sometimes um, some of some spiritual support has shown up and been very chatty and other times they'll show up and be like, um, they need to know I'm here, but like, I don't want to talk through you. I want them to just talk with me. So, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how they show up with personalities? Like, <laughs> oh, It's so fun. So I have a dragon in my entourage and it's so funny because <laughs> I've when I have talked with people, and you know the common term, slay the dragon, if anytime I start to say that, I can hear my dragon be like, excuse me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, really? No. <laughs> like, we're here to help. Why are you giving us a bad reputation? <laughs> no, no, it's with love, I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll find a different phrase. <laughs> I love that. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about all the things you do and connect with you? Yeah, uh, probably the easiest is my website, which is uh, www.angiesparts.com. So A-N-G-I-E-S-P-A-R-T-Z.com. We will also include a link to that. So then you don't have to try and quickly write down how to spell yeah. Sparks. It's <laughs> how it sounds, but you know. Still. I know, although I spell it because a lot of people think it sounds like sparks, like yeah. the sparks of a fire, which also I think is, my friends are like, that's really interesting because you've always been drawn to Phoenix and everyone thinks your name is like a spark from a fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate you chatting with us today. I really enjoyed all of the information you shared. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk with other people who are into all this stuff. <laughs> right. And it's amazing how many of us there are out there. And formats like this allow us the opportunity to connect with people outside of our normal circle. So thanks Absolutely. for sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find that the more like I'm on a mission to help people just tap into their authentic self because I noticed that when I made the decision to like, I'm going to show up as me and step out of fear and just show up and own what I believe, all of a sudden people I had known for over a decade were like, by the way, I, I do that stuff too. And I was like, what? <laughs> We've known each other for over a decade? Right? And so you just start realizing there are so many more of us, but just a lot of people are nervous to share it outwardly. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in and see you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People, Peace and Badass Magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 